0: All right, testing one, two, test, test one, two. Uh, this is episode two, and what I'm thinking for this podcast, like, I had no prep whatsoever. I just went ahead and just jumped in. Uh, what I'm thinking for this podcast is, you know, alternate week by week. So last week was kind of like the marketing and the business end of, like, writing and whatnot and stuff you need to do. This week, we're going to go on craft, which I know most about. Uh, in my opinion and if you saw the title uh yeah that's gonna be what this is about relationship dynamics in your writing and like you know is it the secret formula uh to a lot of uh writing and whatnot because whenever you see people like really passionate about you know a a project an ip if you will or intellectual property a lot of it has to do with like the relationships between characters like you see a lot of ships a lot of fan art a lot of fan fictions just kind of depicting this and it led me to believe that maybe that's kind of the secret formula like you can have a good plot and interesting characters but i feel like relationship dynamics are what really you know give it its shelf value what really keeps it uh relevant and you know uh just hot in the eyes of other people and whatnot, and of your audience, if you will. So, when I say relationship dynamics, what is it exactly? Uh, so we're let, let's get philosophical for a little bit, you know, just to kind of help us explain. Uh, so, when it comes to just everything, just reality itself, it's all about perception. Uh, one quote that I saw that I really liked was, uh, "You." like people have this image of you and there are thousands of versions of you that exist to other people that you are unaware of like uh this is based on their emotions their memories and their experiences with a personality type like you so everyone's perception of you will be slightly different but because we're all raised in kind of the same culture it kind of uh, converges into the same image in a way it's kind of like the multiverse theory in which there could be billions and billions of different worlds with and they could look so similar but there are tiny differences because not everyone has the same exact experience so i feel like uh just perception is everything and how you're perceived by other people is just dependent on like their own hangups, their own past and whatnot. So another like inspirational thing is like, don't worry about what other people think. Cause that's their own thing. That's their own baggage they got to deal with. It's not your responsibility. So with that said, it's all about perception, whether it's, and then when it comes to writing, when it comes to writing that perception, Whether you're writing in third-person omniscient, where you're the narrator and you know everything, or you're being the unreliable narrator to increase tension, right? You know, whether you're lying to your uh, readers, or if it's first-person in which we get the, like, the mind and uh, just thoughts of the main character, understand that not every character knows everything about the person next to them. Like, nobody is a mind reader. Even if we're in first-person, we only know the mind of the main character. So with that said, their perception of that character colors how they interact with them. And like I said before, the perception is built on past experiences. So where does the dynamic come in? Where does the relationship dynamics come in with with them? Uh, Like I said, dynamics are why ships and fan art and fan fiction are are in IPs and different properties. And dynamics can can inspire fervor in your hardcore fans. It's a good way to draw them in as well. So what is this dynamic? Like I said, it's how they react to, it's how an individual person reacts to their own perception of a different person. And, you know, you can have all kinds of different fun combining, you know, different types of personalities with each other. The most common one is, of course, the red and blue, hot and cold. It's the most common one that you see in just about everything. And the reason why it's so common, it's because it's always entertaining. And what's really great about writing and you you know, writing your book is you can add your own different spices and flavors, your own tiny little things that make it a little different, but still kind of fundamentally the same hot and cold type of personality, your type A and type B and whatnot. Uh, Well, that's a little bit different. Uh, (laughs) On a personal note, uh, I think I lean more towards type B. I do have type A tendencies for sure, uh, but I'm, you know, I certainly have a lot of type B uh, in me. So, alright, so a little bit of that goes back to basic character building. You have to think about their beliefs and ideals and the events that led them to your story at this point in their lives. Now, like, that sounds like a big leap from what I was just talking about, but when it comes to the dynamic, and we're talking about one-on-one, like, we could talk about group dynamics in just a little bit, but, like, whenever you're talking about a one-on-one, you know, type of relationship between two different people, uh, it doesn't matter if it's romantic or friendship or like a partnership, acquaintanceship and association <laughs> uh, you know, it all like when we're talking one-on-one, it it's 50, 50, you know, one person can feel like they put in a thousand percent of the effort but it will only amount to 50%. The other 50 comes from the other character. So with that said, that 50-50 system, for you, you just have to break it down and go all the way back and think of their history. So that's why I recommend having a character map to just kind of... And when I say character map, it can mean tons of different things. What I do myself is a character outline in which it feels like I'm interviewing them. It feels like we're sitting down and getting to know each other. And I have all these questions for them and they answer it. And, you know, I answer it, of course, but, you know, it's like the character answers it. And then it just causes you to infer to go all the way back to their experiences because that's what emotions is based on is memories and experiences and your body reacting to it. That's what emotions are. So really you just have to go back and do basic character building, you know, go back. You have to think about their beliefs and ideals, you know, the stuff they hang on to formed by the events that happened to them that led them to this point in your story in their lives, uh, Everybody, every single person, and like this isn't just talked about writing anymore. This is just talk about life. They come in with their biases and prejudices, right? So putting them in an environment with people who think differently, you know, it, it creates conflict. Creates a lot of you know contrasting and compliments too, uh, and it makes it really interesting to to read, but especially really interesting to write. So, like I, I'm about to get a little like. I make it sound like it's such a big deal, but like here's from my own experience, uh, when it comes to dynamic, uh, writing and whatnot, relationship, dynamic writing, uh, when it comes to me submitting my stuff, I've always been praised for my attention to detail and how exciting I can make a scene. I feel personally, what's most underrated about me is my character writing. Um, and to be fair, to be absolutely fair, I've only sent in samples of like 2000 words where I try to tell an entire story within 2000 words, don't really get a chance to get to know the character, but I feel like I put in enough little character details to, to make them more razor eyed focused, you know, reader, uh, really consider, uh, or kind of infer what they're thinking about or what, you know, who they are. And I feel like that's kind of an underrated aspect of me. But enough, enough bragging. What, what that means for me is, uh, <clears throat> like I said, you don't really have a personality if you don't have anyone to bounce off of. So uh, the only t- – like I really have to have an ensemble. Like I can't just write – a like single focus narrative based on one person. they have to interact with other people. that's just higher role. And what's fun about that is you bring in different personalities, you bring in different beliefs and whatnot and it clashes with each other. and just putting that environment there that challenges their own beliefs and their own ideas as well as reflecting on the events that happened to them in their past. it just makes for a lot of interesting writing. I really enjoy it and I highly recommend it. Um, and yeah, you can add your own spin to it and whatnot and just have it in there, but when it works, so when it works, whenever you have really good relationship dynamics in your writing, uh, the plot itself is really just the ground that your characters are walking on, if that makes sense. Like, the plot is there. The plot is literally the ground. It's planet Earth. Like, we can't escape planet Earth unless we get in a rocket ship. Then that's jumping the shark, right? But the plot is the Earth that your characters are walking on. And if you do it right, if you have... If your characters are strong enough to stand on their own, they walk in their own directions. They're still in the plot. They're still, you know, working... They're still walking on the plot you created. But they're moving about independently, and they have their own agency. And whenever you have your own whenever your characters have their own agency, that inevitably creates conflict, thus making it uh, really engaging for your readers to read, right? Uh, the challenge comes in reacting uh within the parameters you've established. What does that mean? What do I mean by that? Well, here's the thing. You're still the master of your story overall. Like it's good whenever your characters feel like they have agency and they like operate on their own, but that can get kind of tricky if you have a story to tell, if you have a plot that you that you want to finish and whatnot. So that's where the challenge comes in. So how how do how do, how do we uh do this? How do we handle this? <clears throat> On the one hand, for number one, we celebrate the fact that our characters have agency. Number two, you get creative within the parameters you created, you know, for your universe, whether it be the rules of how stuff works or how big the world is. It's up to you to kind of get in there and come up with scenarios that would keep them in line, that would keep their motivations focused on the goal, which is, you know, resolving the plot. Uh, in the meantime, while they're while you have them corralled and focus on their goal on the plot. In the meantime, they show off little sparks of personality and really interact with each other. And like with that, you get a whole new dynamic. Now I'm going to talk about uh I'm going to talk about group dynamics now that I had a segue there. Uh, I'm going to see how long I've been recording. Uh, about 11 minutes. Like we're really covering a lot of ground uh really early on. But that's okay. Uh, I don't mind if it's a shorter podcast. It's more on craft. So it's all good with that. Um, so when it comes to group dynamics, this is where I have the most fun, in my opinion, is so for me, like I said, I'm not really good at writing a single person narrative where they don't interact with anybody. I don't imagine a lot of people are anyway. And I don't I don't imagine a lot of people want to do that. Because a lot of fun in writing is just that relationship dynamic. Relationship dynamics is the fun in writing. Anyway, with that said, in the book that I'm working on, it's a group, it's an ensemble cast that's leading the charge. Uh, you know, you have you have uh, the main character who's, you know... Anti-hero or whatever. I wouldn't really call him anti-hero. He's just someone. He's a protagonist, not a hero. And there's a difference of that. That's the podcast episode. Hero and protagonist. He's, a, he's technically the protagonist of the story because he has a goal in mind. And he's doing whatever he can to reach it. And that includes doing some unsavory things from time to time. Then you have uh the since this is an ensemble cast, everybody has their own arcs and whatnot. The second person that comes to mind in this weird hierarchy I have in my brain is kind of like your typical prototypical good guy. He is the knight in shining armor. He is like you look at him and like you you look at him and oh, that's the default protagonist. That's the default main character. Um, but in truth, he he serves as a foil. And this is another thing about relationship dynamics is the foil aspect, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But he's the foil to the main character because he has morals, he has virtues, you know, he has uh uh he he just has a lot of honor about him and immediately you already see the clash. You see somebody whose main goal the main character whose goal is, you know. It's not evil, but it's not, like, the most un- Unitarian kind of thinking. Like, all he wants is to piss off in a faraway place and start over. That's all he wants. It's it's not a... It's, it can be noble, but it's not necessarily, like, an objectively noble thing to just want to be by yourself and start your life over, right? Because you're not helping anybody. Uh, whereas... The the goody two shoes, the knight in shining armor, like his goal is just to save people, to, to rescue people. So already there's a clash because too many people are in the way of the main character's goal of just being alone. And so there's a clash there of morals and virtues in which the main character wants to just go off and do his own thing. But he has to stick with the main group in order to survive. So he's forced to do good things because the rest of the group are good people. He's not with like a band of thieves or anything like that. And speaking of good people, then we move on to like a <clears throat> the, the leading lady of the story in which her thing is, is more of a her arc is more of a self-discovery kind of story in which. She found out she has abilities. She's She went out to the big city to seek help. But then all the events of the plot happened. And right now, she's just kind of contending with that. Uh, I wanted to avoid, like, any... Like, I pretty much gave her... The the teenagers kind of story. Where they're discovering themselves. Because you know. In this story. She's like in her early 20s. She's already like in college or whatever. And you know. There's there's still a bunch of discovery there. Like let's not be ignorant. There's still a lot of discovery there. But there's kind of a a sense of adding puberty. Within that story. uh, That makes her a little bit more awkward. Around other people. A little bit more like emotional. Around other people. And because... uh, Before the events of everything that's happened, she was just a regular college girl, just trying to figure out these weird abilities about her. Now she's thrust into this journey to save the world. And then, you know, just her own perception of people has always been so limited because she has lived in one spot for the longest time, knows the culture, and now she's being exposed to different practices, to different beliefs, to different ideals. And it's a scary time, you know, especially when some of those ideals are trying to actively kill her, you know. And then we get into the next character. He is all about trying to uphold his own honor, but it's an objective kind of honor in which it's an honor given to you by the powers that be rather than finding it within oneself if you will so he's trying to return to a place called the higher realm by doing enough good deeds deemed worthy by the people in charge problem is the people in charge are way too busy with a in, with an upcoming conflict that you know his attempts fall on deaf deaf ears so really his struggle is all about just trying to find a haven for himself trying to build himself a new home you know it was very similar to the main character's goal except like he always had a goal in which he was just trying to return home but every attempt is just always deemed unworthy by the powers that be so that's frustrating on his part and you know in his time, he's he, his story is very much that of the immigrant. Uh, I I base it off of like older folks who've been in America for a long time. They've assimilated, but never truly assimilated because, frankly, you know, in the eyes of the majority of the mainstream, they don't belong. Even though they, these people have worked so hard to like establish a life here and just trying to follow along, like they're wearing designer shoes and nice clothes, just trying to fit in, but. You know, for some reason, I mean, there is a reason. We know why. Uh, For some reason, they're not seen as, like, fully a part of the culture. It's racism. (laughs) That's the the reason. So, yeah, I kind of based Ben's story off of that. It's just kind of the story of the immigrant. Like, here he is, this person with unique skills and unique abilities. But he can never truly assimilate with the humans. Not that he wants to. But after being rejected by his home, I mean, he's kind of in an identity crisis of his own, of trying to figure out what he wants to do. Should he assimilate with the rest of the mortals? Should he uh, try his best, you know, try again to get back home to a home that doesn't even want him? You know? Then we move on to the next character. You gotta have a regret character. Uh, Uh... She's also kind of the mentor character to the group because she's the most emotionally mature out of everybody. Uh, There's a big reveal as to people in her past revealing their true selves and whatnot later on. But her arc is very much just, you know, trying to redeem herself for what she feels responsible happened to her husband. Her husband was killed a long time ago and she still holds on a lot of regret and a lot of guilt over that. And you know you could always try to convince these people or tell these people it's not your fault. you, you know you didn't do anything but they'll, they'll always hold some kind of regret or guilt uh, because of some tiny things like they could be if I hadn't said this, if I have pushed him to go this route or this way, it wouldn't have led to the events of him you know getting to that end you know. And with that dynamic to the re- you know in relate in regards to the group, she's more reserved and not prone to emotional outbursts so whenever it does happen like it's a more dramatic thing because like oh my gosh the 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 facade is slipping the mask is slipping you know utter chaos is happening you know stuff is getting real when your chill like type you know when your chill ice personality suddenly starts freaking out i'm sorry i'm playing wasabi's playing with a wire right now okay back to it so I just kind of described like my own relationship dynamics with that. And I think it's important to have that in your writing. Uh, Consider, you know, when it comes to foils, that's what we're going to talk about when it comes to foils. So a little bit of history for you guys, if you find it interesting, the term foil actually comes from an old jewelry making practice in which the makers would put foil at the base you know where the ring is like you have your your band right around your finger then you have the base where the jewel is going to sit on jewelers would put a piece of foil on the base then put the 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 gem in there to help it reflect even more so what that means in literary terms a foil is meant to reflect and like shine uh, make your character shine both pointing out their good qualities and bad qualities. That's what, that's the a foil's job pretty much. And, uh, so when you have your main character and you have a foil, a lot of the times, a lot of people assume that, you know, your antagonist is their foil thing is like a foil can be just about anybody. Uh, and you can have as many as you want because ultimately, uh, stories are about characters and, if you are writing a traditional you know narrative you're you know a traditional story your narrative is a reflection of the main character is pointing out their their flaws and their good qualities and what they do to overcome it so if anything just about every other character is your foil right and you know by having that you have your foil one foil will take up all the good qualities about them like in which in my case you have your main character if there's one thing if there's one good quality about him is that he is determined and that is reflected in the foil of the of the knight in shining armor he also is determined and when it comes to them being in conflict when you have two determined oh so it's the whole like It's the argument of the unstoppable force, the main character, who's on an unquenching quest to be alone. And then you have the immovable object. You have the goody two-shoes, the knight in shining armor with uncompromising values. That is a a classic clash in which they get into conflict a lot. And it makes for interesting reading. And readers infer whatever they want into that. Whereas, like, another character, the antagonist of my story, also, like, reflects the worst parts about him. And the worst parts about him could also be the same qualities that make him good. The determination. She is determined in her goal to bring love into the world that she's willing to murder people for it. Uh, because, you know, they don't serve a higher purpose in which she believes, you know, the people need to serve a higher purpose. And if they don't, they don't deserve to be in the world they stand on. And that's kind of like a warp version of his own determination. Uh, she wants to create a life for everybody, whereas he wants to create a life for himself. She's willing to, she wants to create a life for everybody, whether they want to or not, you know? And that's what a foil is a foil is very much just like a reflection of your main character as well as accentuating their good and their bad values and you know or you can have it to where they warp their good values right so there's all that so here's some tactics to help you get started uh Like I said before, have a character map, have a character grid in which you ask questions and kind of infer and figure out, you know, where they're coming from, why they're doing what they're doing, what they do and whatnot, uh, and study it. While you might not go back and study intricately, and if you do, if you go back and study intricately of your study, uh, of your character grid, cheers to you, (laughs) that's a lot of work. Uh, But at least it gives you enough time to get to know your characters and figure out what they do on instinct. Now, instinct is a very important uh, factor here. Instinct is when the mask comes off and the character shows their true selves. Because everyone wears a mask and they follow their beats. But when the unexpected happens, as it should, if you're telling a story, the unexpected has to happen. Their mask slips away and and they reveal their true selves dynamic relationship dynamic is a reaction to that uh so you know if you have if you have a messy main character who is like morally gray or whatever their mask slipping can show that maybe they're not a bad person maybe they are a good person and you can have your romantic lead kind of see that and thus their reaction is to kind of stick around and like see if there's more of that and you know and they see good qualities to that. Uh, and as a warning to people out there, whenever you're attracted to somebody, red flags can start to look real orange if you're there long enough. <laughs> but absolutely, another tip to kind of help you like figure out, you know, if you have a good uh, dynamic going, is figuring out your theme. Uh, theme is kind of like so the plot is the the map for your characters to walk on theme is kind of like the, the unifying idea that keeps them together theme is a question you're asking your reader without directly asking them you're using the story to ask them as to you know uh, what you believe or if you have a philosophical question that's what a the theme is and Having that in mind can help you figure out, you know, the dynamics and kind of like philosophical debates between each character and whatnot. Uh, And another thing to help you get started is really, really getting into dialogue. Dialogue is so important. And I don't mean just words themselves. Also, their reactions to different, you know, things happening and whatnot. So what do I mean by that? So, whenever you have two characters talking to each other, each has, like, you should, you should have different ways of them for talking. Like, they should have different speech patterns or whatever. They can't sound homogenous and sound the same because when they do, your characters end up becoming just exposition spitters, like spouters. They just spit out exposition. You don't want that. You want them to have their own agency, a unique voice, right? So, you have to figure out, like, their own unique speech patterns and thus you can like document how other characters react to hearing that as well as like the physical actions here's where we get to the physical actions instead of saying like end of sentence comma so-and-so said you can put sentence period and then have your character do an action uh whether they clench their fist whether they scratch their head out of confusion or whatever like that just creates more dynamic you know uh conversation and interaction with each other and you can like subvert that and just you know sometimes when they don't do it they get surprised and whatnot so absolutely there are so many ways to yeah i think relationship dynamics is really is the the secret formula when it comes to writing in my opinion and I feel like a lot of it just has to do with the fact that dynamics really are the perception and kind of a piece of reality that we all experience, right? Because we can be super judgmental to someone who doesn't look conventionally attractive, but that's our dynamic with that person. We don't know their dynamic with their pets. You know, they could be really kind to their cats or their dogs, and there could be a loving relationship there, or their parents. You know, you may not find them conventionally attractive and you may write them off as kind of a creep or a weirdo. When they go home to their parents or whatever, that's a whole different story. They could be the apple of their eye. They could be their world and whatnot. Or, and this is why you shouldn't judge people, they could go home and go home to a smoking hot spouse, whether it be wife or husband or anything in between, right? And that person's perception of them is way different than yours, clearly, So yeah, everything is perception and dynamics is pretty much a reflection of perception. So consider that whenever you're writing and whatnot, consider your own relationship dynamics and like how it follows similar trends and whatnot. Uh, (laughs) the quote I like to say, if everywhere smells like shit, maybe check your pants, you know, That goes to the people who complain about everybody being the same. Like, well, maybe stop surrounding yourself with a similar type of people, you know? But, yeah. I mean, that's really all I got to say on the topic of relationship dynamics. I'm sure there's a lot more to cover, which I probably will do in the future. Uh, Next week is going to be more marketing-based. But uh, thank you guys for listening again to the podcast. Um... I'm going to go ahead and get this uploaded and get it up uh up and whatnot. <laughs> right now I'm just kind of blabbering at this point. But yeah, next week will definitely be uh more of a marketing focused thing. And then we'll just alternate week by week. This is a podcast just kind of evolving as you're listening to it. But uh I want to thank you guys again for uh, hopping on and listening and I hope to hear from you again or see you again soon. Peace.